They're known as serial killers, and according to law enforcement officials, there are at least 35 of them roaming the country now, stalking victims. When I'm getting scratches that are breaking the skin open, it's always in a set of three claw marks down my back. Started as an effort by a charismatic preacher to build a new society, but it ended, of course, with the tragic deaths of more than 900 people. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. For the next hour, police advise that the public lock all doors and windows, shutter your blinds, and listen to the Weird Sisters. Welcome back. It's the Weird Sisters. Oh my god, it's been forever. <laughs> it's we been like... We literally have had a hell of a time trying to figure out when to record. Yeah, plus I have had a whole bat situation that I've been dealing with. I got bit by a bat, I had to get a ton of rabies shots, and then I had another bat come into my house, so I've been feeling a little cursed. Also, it was kind of, not perfect timing, but you had literally, we had literally just talked about vampires <laughs> in our last yeah, episode. Yeah, trying to stop you. And then not even a week later, I get bit by a bat <laughs> in my room. So wacky, but I am glad to be back getting this rocking and rolling again. So yeah, oh, I'm Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know us already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta introduce ourselves. It's Chloe, to I'm Lauren. <laughs> well, if they're listening randomly, that's strange. Yeah, that's true. Whenever I go to listen to a podcast, I always go to like the backlogged stuff first. So I start, I always start from the very first episode and work up to the newer stuff. Yes, so do I. But I know, I know some people who just like hop around podcast episodes. I should also say, I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts that are like just people talking. I listen to scripted like story podcasts. So oh, those are so fun. I have to start at the beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, that does make sense. I've been really into listening to podcasts that are like, am I the asshole? And they read them and they like react to them. Oh yeah. Because I, I just love TikTok. other people's drama. Have you two hot takes? Yeah. Yeah. Love them. <laughs> love them so much. That's that's what I've been listening to recently. <laughs> but anyway, this is our podcast and we talk about like weird, spooky, paranormal, all the fun stuff. I think it's you that goes first this week because I went first because I last time I did the Chowchilla and then it was vampires. So I think it's you this time. Okay. Um, so jumping off of my last story about vampires, I actually um, wanted to do a story on Elizabeth Bathory. So that was the lady we were talking about in the last episode. So my, my story today is Elizabeth Bathory. Oh my awesome oh, she's so cool well it's interesting i need to stop yeah. saying like murderers are cool it is interesting <laughs> bad we don't um, support so... murder <laughs> no <laughs> what do we idolize though no like taking a jab at those people for a second i think we do a pretty good job at making fun of them. Okay, so, <laughs> getting into it. Countess Elizabeth Bathory was born in the year 1560 in the country of Hungary. She was one of the nieces of the King of Poland named Stefan Bathory and she also had ties to Transylvanian nobility so the King of Transylvania was also a Bathory. Ah! I didn't know she was like actually royalty. Yeah, they, they control quite a bit of land. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So ever since Elizabeth was a child, she suffered from seizures that were most likely due to epilepsy. And the treatment at the time was really weird. Of course. So for stuff like that, for seizures, you would rub the blood of someone not suffering on the lips of the person who was suffering. Ew, that is so not sanitary. No. That's like a good way to get more sick. Exactly. And there was another version of like what you could do to treat them was they would drink a mix of blood and bone 
after the episode had happened. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, it, it was like very strange, but also kind of made sense why some of the rumors probably started about her. Yeah, and then she also got a fucking taste for blood. If they're doing that every time she has a seizure. <laughs> so, um, strangely enough, Elizabeth's family, well, I suppose it's not strange for the time, they were very into hard punishment. So mm-hmm. she was, she grew up around that. So that just doesn't help her case in the future with the whole, like, killing people. She was basically raised to be, like, all the ingredients to be a killer. Yeah, so someone who, like, is okay with torturing other people. Which is Mm -hmm. so strange. So she was obviously a very high status and was living very comfortably. And she was also raised as a Calvinist Protestant. So they're just kind of like another sect of Protestants. Are they like more extreme? I, I kind of looked into it. They just kind of follow the teachings of this guy. Calvin. I think his name was Calvin or something like that. <laughs> so they just kind of follow the teachings. It's kind of like when you have different sects of Christianity or like, you know, like Mormonism. They follow yeah. the, ch- uh, the... Prophet. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Um, but strangely enough, people would have this like rumor going around that she um was taught witchcraft and satanism interesting because you know usually that doesn't go well with christianity (laughs) i know i thought that was so strange maybe they were just causing rumors because she's like rich and they're jealous it was crazy how many rumors are about her (laughs) like a lot of people apparently did not like her I mean, if you're a shitty person, you can't really expect many people to want to hang around. Yeah. So, at the age of 13, Elizabeth allegedly got with a peasant boy and fell pregnant. And the child that she'd had um, was apparently given to a woman who was very close with the Bathory family. She was a villager. Mm. But the evidence of her pregnancy came after her death. So, it's disputed on whether or not the, the... the birth was like actually a real thing or just again another rumor okay because like having a baby out of wedlock back then was so taboo literally it's the 1500s <laughs> they would like kill you for that probably yeah, not, so, but, like along those lines you know she would have been sent to a nunnery basically that's it <laughs> yeah, you know just never a part of the family again so there is quite a bit of dispute on whether or not she actually had a child at this time. Okay. So, um, in 1573, when she's 13, so she's still of the age 13, she is engaged to a 17-year-old Count Fenric Nadasidi. Nadasidi. You're doing great. (laughs) It's hard. And, um, two years later was when they actually got married. Um, this marriage was purely political. Fenric's mother was the one who um, basically got them together. <laughs> okay. that's That feels about yeah. right for that time period yeah. too. And she was 13. I mean, Ew. I suppose she was what, 15 when she that. got married? She was 13 when she was engaged. And then she was 15 when she married them? Yeah, it was two years later. Ugh, ick. He was... 19. So as a wedding gift to Elizabeth, Fenric actually gifts her his castle. Wow. She literally has, she owns this castle. Like it's not just she gets to live in it. She literally owns this castle now. Like it is her property. That is such a good wedding gift. Here, babe, have the deed to my fucking castle. No, and this is the castle that she actually like goes and lives into. So it's not just somewhere like a summer house or something. So this castle is located in um, modern day Slovakia. I don't think I know where Slovakia is. It's is, one is of it these near Russia? countries. It's like near Czech Republic and everything. Oh, okay. I think Czech... I'm gonna get bashed if I don't know this right. Um, I'm pretty sure the Czech Republic is above them. I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay. On the map. I don't know if I'm actually right. Slovakia is next to Austria, Czech, Czechia. It's underneath Poland, and it's 
uh, borders Ukraine. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's like one of those um, Eastern European little, little countries. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving on from us not knowing where countries in our... I'm sorry. ...literal origin was. Um, So in... 1578, which is what, like, five Half years? Years, yeah, like five. Something like that. Yes, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I did my finger counting. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, so, in 1578, so five years later from when she was engaged, um, she actually starts taking on the affairs of the house. So, like, Pretty much everything her husband was doing because her husband was going away to war. Oh, that's the best solution. Get married young and the husband gets sent away. It was can't remember what war it was, it said, but I didn't write it down. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a pretty important war, otherwise it wouldn't have noted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically nice. she had to take things care of things such as like the people of the village, and also protecting their estate from the Ottomans. Oh god. Yeah, her... Never mind, that's like a lot of work. No, the place that she was was like a direct line of how the um, the invading armies would like have to go through to get to the capital. And so like, they'd been raided before. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, she had to take care of everything, and she was... What, like 20-something? She was like 18. Jesus! Yeah. That's stressful. No wonder she became a killer. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1585, Elizabeth had her first daughter named Anna. And in um, 1590, she had Ursula. Ursula, yeah? Sounds and right. And then um, she has Catalin in 1594 and Paul in 1598. Paul? That is such a plain name compared to all the other ones. No, I was like, really? And nice thing for them is that they all married quite well. You know, they didn't go down in status or anything. Mm -hmm. And it's said that Paul's son, Franz III, was one of the leaders of the conspiracy against the Holy Roman Empire. Oh, wow. So they're just full of causing all times of history. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so sadly, Fenric died not too long after their last child was born. So it was in 1604 that he died um, at the age of 48. And it's said to have been to an unknown illness. And um, this illness most likely started in 1601 as he had gotten a debilitating pain in his legs and never quite recovered from it. I bet that bitch was poisoning him. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the long, the long game with poisoning people. I, I don't know. It's never said what he actually dies from, so it's a mystery. Suspicious illness causes death? Poison. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a really long time to be poisoning someone. Yeah, maybe she was maybe like, she was just like the fifteen like, hundreds. Oh yeah. Like you could have caught something and just you know, there's no medicine to save you from that. Rip. <laughs> um <laughs> He had a kinda long life for that time period, forty eight. No, he was forty eight. Yes, kind of that's kinda long for the olden times. Yeah. Well kind He's of ancient. <laughs> yeah, well the the large amount of babies dying actually lowers the median age of what people live to. So oh. people actually did live quite long, but that's pretty good for someone who was in so many wars as well. Yeah, he, he survived must have those. been a decent fighter. Yeah. Or a coward. <laughs> so, <laughs> either way... <laughs> Um, so before his death, he entrusted his children and his widow, so Elizabeth, to mm-hmm. the Palatine of Hungary, Georgi Serzo. What is a Palatine? Is that just like a title? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like pretty high up in the, just kind of like, 
the line of people. I know I looked it up, but then I forgot. It's like like well, viscounts and dukes and stuff, right? Yeah, he he's pretty high up there. I think he's like okay. well known with the king, basically. Okay, that's cool. So from 1602 to 1604, Elizabeth's crimes were like rumors around the kingdom, mm-hmm. and a Lutheran minister actually made complaints about Elizabeth to both to the public and courts in Vienna. So. Eventually, in 1610, King Matthias had Georgi Thurzo investigate Elizabeth. So it took, like, six years for them to finally be like, okay, we'll look into it. We'll take this guy seriously. (laughs) Yeah. So the king, oh, not the king, Georgi then ordered two notaries named Andreas and Moses to collect evidence of the crimes. Okay. So in early 1610. By late 1610, so like think October time, Mm -hmm. they had around 52 witnesses and by 1611 they had over 300. Jesus, are these just generic crimes or are they specified? I'll, I'll get into it. Okay, you're 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 being vague for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I, that's what I always do, and then you ask the question, and I'm like, hang on, I'm like two sentences away from it. <laughs> Just have to know. But it always makes it interesting because I'm like, okay, and then we get into it. So, um, these people claimed that they had seen Elizabeth take young girls allegedly from the ages of ten to fourteen from the gynasium which is basically like a um, place for women to go to. So like it was usually one of the very inner rooms of like a palace, let's say, because, you know, she lives in a castle. So it was like a place that all the women would go to. And (laughs) funnily enough, one of the things it said about the gynasium was that if a woman was tired of like sleeping with her husband, that's where she'd go to sleep with like all her maids. So it's like a clubhouse. Pretty much. And so, like, these girls were there to learn etiquette, basically. Okay. They they had a reason to be there, not just, like, these people were sending their kids for no reason. So they were learning to probably be, like, ladies' maids and stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, becoming a little bit more... Like a better status. Yes, exactly. Um, so it is alleged that she would torture the girls by using hot pokers and then dunking them into ice cold water. Ow. Yeah. What the fuck? That's that's fucked up. And there was like a bunch of different ways suspected torture that, you know, a lot of these alleged witnesses saw. And then some of the people say they saw signs of torture and the dead bodies as they were taking, taken to be buried. And two noblemen claimed they actually saw the torture being done to the young girls. They were just watching and they didn't think, why should I like intercept and not let this 10 year old be murdered? No. I was like, what? That's fucked up. Yeah. So it is the 12th of December in 1610 when... King Nicola agreed to the imprisonment of Elizabeth. Okay. So Thurzo the Palatine went to the castle and arrested Elizabeth and four of her servants who were said to have been helping Elizabeth with her torture. And according to a letter Thurzo wrote to his wife, he found a dead girl and another living, but basically like, you know, just not doing great. On the brink of death. Yeah. Um, but there's no record of anyone actually asking this girl what happened to her. That's so weird. You literally have, like, a live witness. I know. I was like, this is very strange. And, of course, there's a few different versions of how Thurzo found Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his was a very grandiose, I found her in the middle of her killing another girl, but actually she was just eating dinner. He, he wants to be, like, an extra hero. Of course he does. And what's funny is Thurzo's claim that he'd caught Elizabeth red-handed doesn't actually line up with the timeline of, like, where victims were found or anything because mm-hmm. the victims were found out about 
after she'd been arrested and detained. <laughs> so, like, she wasn't even matter. around yet to be doing anything when they found any of the victims. And, of course, with her story coming out and it spread everywhere, her family, so her sons and, like, the king... Uh, wanted her to be sent to a nunnery, but then they decided, like, Palantide Thoser decided to just keep her on house arrest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Send the murderer to the nuns. You know, <laughs> but she just got house arrest, so she got to live at her castle. There's, obviously, there's different stories of where she was kept, so some people mm-hmm. say that she was kept in just, like, one room, you know, she never left, and then others said that she was free to roam around the castle. Which isn't much of a house arrest because it's like a fucking castle. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, when it came to actually seeing the witnesses, many of them actually told that they hadn't seen anything themselves but heard from another about the torturing. Okay. So, like, friend of a friend told me. My sister's cousin's uncle who's best friends with a scullery maid said that she saw this. Exactly. Literally, that that's how it went. So majority of the people who said they'd seen something really didn't. So they're not they're not credible witnesses. They're not No. I, they've not they're not eyewitnesses. No. And like that's a lot of people to be seeing this happen and not say anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you your friend watched these kids get tortured and they just didn't do anything. Yeah. So going back to the servants, unfortunately they did not get the same treatment as Elizabeth. Naturally, because they're servants. Yeah, so two of the servants that had been arrested had their fingers torn off with hot pincers and they were burned alive. God, um, fingers, another... their fingers were torn off? I'm sorry, how does that fucking work? So you're like, you get your hot pincers ready, Yeah. then you just pull off their fingers. Ugh. You rip them off. Plus being burnt alive, I think, is one of the most painful ways to die. Besides drowning. Yeah, ugh. God. Um, so another was beheaded and thrown into the the pyre with the other two. Well, that that's more of a that's a better way to die. You know, it was like you know, the way that the like articles and stuff would put it, it was like they suffered less of a gruesome death, and it's like they still died though. Yeah, they fucking the end <laughs> is still the same. Yeah, and then the last one avoided arrest for some time but then was eventually captured and burned alive that sucks and it's probably not even first of all not even fair um because the what is her name Catherine elizabeth elizabeth (laughs) (laughs) this isn't vampire diaries um elizabeth freaking got away with house arrest and then she probably like because you're a servant in the 1600s you can't say no to the lady of the castle yeah and like it said that a lot of the confessions were, came out during torture, so they might not even be credible. Yeah. So there was one more servant, but it was found out that she wasn't, um, she wasn't like part of the killings, and she'd actually been abused by the other servants. So she was just um, put on house arrest. That's good, at least. Yeah. That fucking sucks, though. <laughs> Yeah, so there is no evidence that Elizabeth actually killed anyone during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, because if someone were to have an issue with another person, um, there would usually be a letter of complaint. So, like, okay. if, yeah, so if someone was like, you know, abusing another person or like abusing animals, there would be a letter of complaint to basically like tell of this person doing something so you would think all these children dying there would be letters of complaint about their children going missing at the castle unless she was like very ferocious in like scaring people to keep them quiet or she like bribed people yeah so we never we never will really know she killed anyone um and the largest number of alleged victims was 650. Oh my god, that sounds like way too many kids for a town. I know, like, and I, I understand she was 
probably looked over quite a large amount of people. Mm. You would think if she'd been killing that many people, people would take notice to it. Some someone of authority would have tried to do something because that's like a lot. Yeah, like she's not of a title that you know she's not a king or queen where they could get away with it. Although I should say, you know, the villagers would rebel at some point. But yeah. that's like a lot of people, and that this, that is excessive. <laughs> yeah, this number apparently came from one of Elizabeth's private books. Um, that a nobleman had apparently come about with, but the book was never shown as evidence. See, that that seems like a lie then, that he's just lying. Yeah, like, if you have the evidence of her keeping track of her killings, you would show it. As evidence to prosecute her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Elizabeth lived out the rest of her life at her castle. It's in 1614, so like four years after she's been arrested, that she passed away. He, she'd complained to one of her um, guards that she felt like her hands were cold. And then he was like, oh, you know, it's okay, you know, just go back to sleep. And then she died in her sleep. Probably some kind of like heart attack or something, right? Yeah. Probably. So it's unknown where she was actually buried as the town people didn't want her buried in the local cemetery. So she was dug up and moved back to her home country. Um, <laughs> allegedly put in the family crypt, but there is no markings anywhere to show that she's like actually there. So nobody knows where she actually is like buried. She was allegedly. buried like a criminal. They, they didn't want her to have like a good Christian burial. No. So Elizabeth's story has obviously inspired a lot of stories, like we talked about in the last episode, one of them being Dracula. And in 1850, a man named John Paget wrote a book about Hungary and Transylvania. It's in this book that we first see anything about Elizabeth bathing in the blood of these girls. Oh, that is interesting. I was thinking this whole time, like... Wasn't she, didn't people say she bathed in blood? It wasn't just killing children. Yeah, there was like a huge thing, but allegedly that is not actually recorded anywhere. So it's it's made up then, because it didn't come up in the original, she just liked to kill kids. Yes, allegedly. Kitties. Um, and Elizabeth is actually in the Guinness World Record book for the most prolific female murderer. Good for her. <laughs> what a what a what a title. <laughs> that is the story of Elizabeth Bathory. That's so interesting because when I first was learning about her, there was all these like myths surrounding her that she like stole these children to bathe in their blood to stay young. But she was just a, a child serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad you did her. Um she's so cool. Well, not cool. God damn it. <laughs> She's so interesting. Like, the story is so cool because, like, it is... rumors. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, it's so interesting that literally all of this is based on rumors. They don't really have any proof. Yeah. They were all just, it's just like hearsay. They probably just didn't like her attitude. Yeah. And I'm sure it didn't help, you know, like the whole marrying him and going to his castle and stuff. Plus, like, her her family is both royalty in Hungary and Transylvania, so like she's pretty known. I'm sure yeah. her the reputation of her family being not so great travels around too. True, true, true. I do think though that the whole her being a child, like with the blood thing, didn't help the rumors of her bathing in the blood. That's probably where they're pulling it from, where they're yeah. like fabricating it. Hmm. Because you no, know, everything is based on a kernel of truth. Yeah, if you want like an interesting way to get people to travel there, a woman who literally bathed in children's blood is gonna be one. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would add that to my tour list. <laughs> Show me the castle of this murderess. Literally. Okay, so mine actually um, is kind of in the same time period as yours, funnily enough. Hmm. 
So I'm going to talk to you today about the Dancing Plague of 1518. Oh my god! <laughs> You've heard about so this? So fun! Like, kind of. <laughs> okay, I've seen references to it mostly. Okay. Like, I kind of know about it, and it's like... Watching so, like Scooby Doo and stuff. That's how I know. About it. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> such a weird like occurrence in history. It was literally like yeah. over the span of, I think it's two years, but it's so fucking weird. Okay, so obviously this all probably sounds just like the Dancing Plague of 1518. Uh, that sounds like a folklore. Well, it actually happened. And what's really cool is there was so much documentation. It was like so well documented in medical, civic, and religious notes um, at the time. And so there's like so many like first like, hand sources. Actual record of it. Yeah. Oh my God. So this is the opposite of yours. There is so much, yeah. like, <laughs> so much first hand <laughs> accounts for this story. <laughs> wow. So this all starts in July of 1518. And um, okay. the residents of it happens to the residents of the city of Strasbourg, Strasbourg, which at the time was part of the Holy Roman Empire, but now is located in modern day France. <clears throat> so the Dancing Plague, it's also referred to as Saint uh, Saint Vitus's Dance. Just a little fun fact there for you. <clears throat> Around this time, there were a ton of other documented cases of the dancing plague. There were like 10, uh, 10 cases of this contagion that broke out, mostly along the Rhine and Moselle rivers. And it goes far back as like 1374. Oh, wow. And there's also uh, similar cases of this in Switzerland, Germany, and Holland. But none of these, none of any of these were as large or as deadly as the one that happened in 1518 in Strasbourg. <laughs> so it all started with this one lady. Like, it literally, all these documentations, everyone can boil it down to this one lady that started it all. Oh my God, patient zero. Yeah, basically. But it, the thing is, this That's isn't crazy. an actual, like, <laughs> plague. Yeah. So you'll see, you'll see. So this lady's name is Frau Trophia. She reportedly started dancing on July 14th on the streets just outside of her house. And it wasn't like, you know, like a jig or like something choreographed. It was kind of primal, like grinding and thrusting and just moving oddly. It wasn't choreographed or like, you know, when you watch the movies where they're in a ball and everyone's doing the one dance to the song and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was chaotic. Like when they're dancing around a fire. Yeah. So this is like primal dancing. And she <laughs> she keeps dancing. Her husband's like, dude, please stop. And she just keeps dancing. Uh, all through the night. And then the only time she stopped was when she literally collapsed from exhaustion, twitching. Oh my god. So as soon as she recovered from collapsing, she was back on her feet dancing the next day, even though her feet were bruised and bloodied from dancing for so long before. And she just didn't stop. Oh my god. She didn't stop to eat, to drink. And like the only time she stopped was when she like passed out again. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's like, ooh, we want to watch what's going on with this chick. So she she ended up attracting a really big crowd. Hmm. They wanted to watch the Madwoman dance. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they don't have TV. <laughs> so here's, here's your keeping up with the Kardashians, you know? Papa, come from the field. Look at the strange woman. <laughs> Look at her, how she dances. There's like no music either. It's literally just like dancing to her yeah. own beat of the drum, except it's not very voluntary for her. Frau Trophia uh, continued to dance for almost six days. Wow. Some of, some of the people who ended up witnessing Trophia dancing suspected that she was like possessed by the devil, which for the time period checks out. Makes sense. Yeah. Others, maybe more saner people, believed that it was um, something to do with St. Vitus. St. Vitus, sorry. Okay. One of the cats is trying to jump on the table. Fuck off. 
So <laughs> St. Vitus was a Sicilian saint who was martyred in 303 AD, who is said to curse sinners with uncontrollable dancing mania if they anger him. Makes sense. He is the patron patron saint. I couldn't narrow this down because there were like people saying all different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So these were the three common things I kept finding. So he's the patron saint of nervous disorders epileptics and dancers which is like a weird combo interesting oh my god so he was the patron saint of elizabeth (laughs) yeah so the authorities were pretty like scared of the spectacle going on and they decided to intervene by throwing a frau trophia into a fucking wagon and sending her off on a 30 mile trip to southern uh where she might be cured at the shrine of vetus so it's like, all right, crazy lady, your feet are bleeding. We're just going to send you on your way and hope that the saint lifts your curse. We got no answers for you. So bestie, yeah. you better hope. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but by the time Frau Trophia had been carted off, 34 other people had joined in this crazy dancing. Oh my gosh. Uh, they, would, they would do it in their homes, on the streets, and they didn't stop either. So these people would literally be dancing day and night. They would dance so much that blood would stain their shoes and seep out of their shoes. Ooh. I know. Horrifying. Some would pass out from exhaustion, and then others would literally drop dead. Yeah. These people um, that died would die from, like, heart attacks, strokes, exhaustion, or, like, a combination of the three. Mm-hmm. So not a fun time. One account I was looking at said that there were upwards of 15 deaths a day when the dancing plague reached its height. And then at the end, about 100 people may have died thanks to the weirdness that was going on. That's crazy. Obviously, uh, civic leaders were like, we gotta fucking make a game plan. This shit's getting crazy. Yeah. So civic leaders and religious leaders get together and they're like, okay, what are we going to do? Church leaders obviously were like, it's the devil. He's doing this, cursing the town, making everyone act crazy. They're gyrating in the streets. We got to stop them. (laughs) Um, And then civic leaders, because obviously they're not ruled by their religion, brought in kind of expert doctors. Doctors Mm. back then weren't really like the best, but you know. Tis what it is. You were the smartest. (laughs) You would think. So these doctors blamed all of this on people being hot-blooded. Usually they would suggest bleeding someone, but they were like, eh, you know what? These people, they just need to dance the fever away. What? I know. So the crazy dancing people just need to dance some more to dance the sickness away. Makes sense, right? (laughs) So there was, like I said, there is like a lot of uh, historical writings and firsthand accounts of all this. So there's like so many source materials that we can work with. So there is a 16th century chronicle composed by a man named Daniel Specklin, who was an architecture. And he describes what the council... hmm? Architect? Yes. What did I say? You said architecture. Yep, that's it. He's a building. (laughs) I was like, hold on. (laughs) He's an architect. So he basically described what the decision was and like what happened the next few days. So civic leaders ordered for carpenters and tanners to come together and build these temporary stages, basically. And they literally gathered all of the afflicted people and had them dance on these stages. So just so they had everyone could there. you imagine like trying to get these people and they're just like punching you and kicking you because they're just like they can't <laughs> stop and so you're just like every step is they're just flailing a their battle. arms <laughs> yeah <laughs> well literally okay so um when we post pictures on our instagram you'll see the paintings and stuff people are literally like hauling people by their armpits to like yeah keep them up i'll talk a bit more about that later or like moving them yeah it's wild. <laughs> so basically, they have all these platforms set up in the market squares and stuff for everyone to see. And what the civic leaders decide to do is to keep these people dancing and to try and help um, quicken their their healing process. Because, you know, the doctor said, dance the plague away. Mm-hmm. 
they hired <laughs> professional musicians, <laughs> professional dancers to help further encourage the dancers. <laughs> and they also hired, they paid these strong men, that's what they were called, to literally hold dancers up long, like after they were exhausted, to keep them dancing. Oh my god. It's fucking nutso. So, <laughs> so the chaos continues. They've got these fucking like fiddles and drums and pipes and horns going. Uh, healthy dancers, crazy dancers, just whirling around the city square day and yeah. night. So none of this helped. Oh. And then uh, for two months, more than 400 people ended up being afflicted by the plague. What? Yeah. They ended up being referred to as cro- uh, choreomaniacs, which, fun fact, Florence and the Machine, one of their songs is called Choreomaniacs, oh their God. new album. That's yeah, so that fun. popped up when I was reading. So, little fun fact there for you. The Privy Council, they were like, all right, this shit's not working. So they ordered the stages to be torn down. But they did say that these uh, the afflicted needed to continue dancing, but they needed to do it in, like, the privacy of their homes, out of sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't stop there with their stupid demands. They were like, okay, so if having them dance to music and, like, dancing with professional dancers wouldn't help, let's go the other direction and just completely ban music. <laughs> it's like that fucking town from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> I was no thinking. I was thinking the Little Mermaid, the like third one, or whatever it is, <laughs> where <laughs> King Triton bans music because his wife got killed. Yeah, he's so sad. Uh, that's what my mind went to. <laughs> so yeah, up until September, the the city basically prohibited all dancing and music. Wow. Um, which is like bad because it's such a communal and so tied into culture all these dances and stuff they did have an exception though (laughs) if an honorable person wishes to dance at a wedding or celebration of first mass in their houses they can do so but they have to use stringed instruments because the thought of using tambourines and drums uh were more likely to bring on the mania okay Because apparently stringed instruments are more pure. I don't know. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So on top of that, uh, the council orders the worst of the afflicted to be thrown into wagons, taken on a three-day ride to the shrine of St. Vitus, Frau Trophia, where she had gone, um, in hopes that the priests would cure them. Hmm. Because Frau, she ended up getting cured but it took a while okay so what these priests did was they took all these people who were afflicted and they're probably still thrashing around like maniacs and they they took them under a wooden carving of saint vitus they put small crosses in their hands and then they made them wear red shoes on their feet that had crosses on them too uh they sprinkled holy water on tops on the top and bottom of the shoes they also painted crosses with consecrated oil on the shoes too. Um, and there was like a lot of chanting, incense, you know, all the Latin-y stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just kept doing that until the people were cured. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of thoughts and prayers. You know how that goes. Yeah. So word reaches the town that the people who were sent to the shrine had been cured and St. Vitus is forgiving them. So they send more and more of the afflicted to the shrine. Hmm. So within a week or so, they had like a steady stream of people heading over there to be cured. And this lasted over a month. So from mid-July to late August or early September. And that's basically the meat of the the dancing plague. Yeah. So... (laughs) There are a lot of theories on what actually caused this. I'll let you take a crack at it, and because I'm sure you'll probably guess one of the ones that these people talk about, but I'll, I'll talk about a couple of these. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be like the Salem Witch Trials. Yes. Where it was like in the wheat. Yes. Oh my god, so, you're, um, so smart. you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. Historians, they're like all over the place with this, but most most historians all agree that the best explanation for this is uh, through the psychotropic mold known as ergot, which is known to be on stalks of rye and can yeah. produce a similar chemical to LSD. 
um, when when ingested, they bring on delusions and spasms. Mm-hmm. Other conditions include excre- extreme decrease in blood supply, which have made it challenging for people to dance as hard as they did. But they did mention that this was something that co- could have caused the Salem witch trials, the the uh, ergot. Yeah, because um, with the witch trials, they would obviously send them to a church and miraculously these people would be like cured of their like mania or whatever. Um, and it was because the church had better bread than the common people did. So they were getting better when they were eating the church's bread. Literally, because they weren't having basically LSD trips. LSD. <laughs> yeah. God. Which is why um, people saw, like, the witches on the brooms and stuff. Anyway, yeah. that's a different episode to do. <laughs> a whole nother, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should take a trip to Salem and do a podcast <sighs> episode there. That'd be so yeah. fun. So um, another historian by the name of Joel Waller proposes that the Dancing Plague was... L- probably a symptom of medieval mass hysteria. Hmm. He said it could have been brought on by the horrific conditions in Strasbourg at the time. There was like extreme poverty, disease, starvation that could have caused people to basically have stress-induced psychosis. I did think maybe it was like mania or something. Yeah, that's also another likely one. It could be like a combination of the both Yeah, with the ergot and the the mania. He also says that explains some of the other outbreaks because there were at least 10 other outbreaks outbreaks very similar to this but none of them were as deadly as this one yeah another guy i don't know if i wrote his name down oh paraclesius he was um he was like a philosopher and stuff back in the same time as the dancing plague Hmm. and he was very fascinated by the dancing plague he actually went to strasbourg a couple months after this happened and he was one of the people who narrowed it down to frau at the beginning and was like obsessed with this he he says um in one of his books that he suspects that Frau Trophia, her jig was a ploy to embarrass her husband. Mm. So she was like giving off the impression of illness, hopping around, dancing, um, because she she wanted to annoy him. And he said that upon seeing the success of this trick, other women began to dance to annoy their husbands too, uh, powered uh, by free, lewd, and impertinent thoughts. That's what he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> he classified it as Coria lascivia in his book, which is caused by voluptuous desires. And it means without fear or respect. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting take for him. Yeah. But he was also pretty misogynistic. So. Sounds like it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mostly uh, most of the most of the reasonings that people have had about what caused that. Mm-hmm. I think it is a combination of the mass hysteria and also consuming ergot, which is not <laughs> good. No, but yeah, it's just, when I I heard I I like saw I don't know if I saw like an episode of something and they mentioned this, but it was like so short and in passing. But I was like, what the fuck is a dancing play? Yeah. It's not actually something that's like medically a plague or anything but it just spread to everyone yeah like it's not transferred yeah but it was just like a case of mass psychological illness probably mixed in with some good old-fashioned medieval accidental (laughs) drugs you know (laughs) it's so funny to me i know it's sad that people died but that's so funny it is and like literally their feet were bleeding there would just be like blood all over the stuff yeah and a lot of these pictures are pretty like (laughs) distressing because i say dancing but it literally is just like most of these pictures it looks like people are thrashing yeah thrashing in people's arms so you'll see um when i post the pictures Hmm. there is one that they're like dancing in a circle but i don't know if that's the people who are afflicted or i don't know if that's the beginning of the epidemic before it got super weird. Yeah, or like an but... interpretation or something. Yeah, someone's interpretation of them dancing with professional dancers. Yeah. Because I'm sure professional dancers were like grabbing them and going like, let's dance this way so you can get cured. Yeah. That, that makes sense. <laughs> People are dropping dead left and right, but we're going to keep dancing. <laughs> but um, it was all really fascinating to read about. And yeah. I don't know. I thought it'd be nice to talk about. <laughs> so funny. 
It is weird. Fuck. Love, like, the beginning. Like, Connor. Annoying her husband. I'm sitting in the dining room with the lights off, and Connor just, like, appears out of the dark (laughs) of the living room. (laughs) I'm going to die of a heart attack. Jesus. But yeah, it was interesting. But I thought it, that guy's take of her doing it to annoy her husband was hilarious. So I had yeah. to mention it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the uh, the dancing plague of fifteen ever fifteen eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I Wild was like full references to it in like media, like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's that one demon. Who makes you literally like dance until you're on fire? Oh, I forgot about that. And then there's the episode... was... Oh, I'm sorry. In... It's okay. In the the episode of Scooby Doo, it's like the the newer one from I want to say like 2015, 2016, something like that. There's like the ska band that makes everyone dance. Yeah. <laughs> When I was researching this and they mentioned the red shoes, I kept thinking of the um, uh, the Christmas song where it's like Eleven Lords are leaping because they always have red shoes in the when you see like imagery of it. So I was like, huh, are Eleven Lords leaping because they're enjoying Christmas or because they're (laughs) dancing to a plague? plague?" You should look that up. Honestly, I hope I hope it has a connection because that'd be so cool. Just nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like Just my mind thing. making weird connections. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should plug our social media stuff, huh? Yeah. You can follow us on. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It is the Weird Sis Podcast. Yeah. So go follow us on that, like, comment, share. We post pictures on our Instagram. Um, if we do end up like we did before, having to like miss a couple episodes, just like put us on pause. We'll notify you in announcements um on Twitter. Also, if you want to email us or give us ideas for things to talk about, that's totally cool too. Uh our email is weird. W-Y-R-D sisters with an extra S at gmail.com so that's W-Y-R-D S-I-S-T-E-R-S-S at gmail.com or you can just like DM us I don't know you have options (laughs) so don't forget to lock your doors and don't bleep Blah, 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 blah. Don't bathe in the blood of children (laughs) we'll see you next time Bye. bye My sources for today's episode are Wikipedia and Biography.com. My sources were History.com, Britannica, uh, All That's Interesting, and then there was a couple of things on PublicDomainReview.org. Hold up. 